Welcome to Anne Blanche's Story Corner, sharing with you once again from the book Secrets from Field and Forest by John Calvin Reed. This one is called Audubon Hospital, and it starts out with a lot of questions. I wonder how many of you know the answer to some of these questions before we move into the rest of our story. Do you know what a missionary is? Have you ever talked with one or heard one speak in your church? Do you know where they go and what they do? Was Jesus a missionary? What are some of the ways that you can be a missionary even now? What would you think of a special day to honor the missionaries from your church and to thank them for the wonderful things that they do for others? Well, would you believe it? The birds once set aside such a day to honor of all things, a dog. That's hard to believe, of course, because most birds are afraid of dogs and think of them as their enemies. But Rush Retriever was anything but an ordinary dog. For one thing, he was a great swimmer. More amazing still, he was a graduate of the Canine Medical College of Dogville. But most amazing of all, he had come to Marshland as a medical missionary. Of course, the birds didn't know this at first, so when he arrived in Marshland, Mrs. Mallard Duck called her ducklings to her side and said, Quack, quack, he's a quack. I tell you, keep away from him. Don't be fooled by that doctor's bag in his paw and the woolen coat on his back. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing if I ever saw one. No bird is ever safe when a dog is around. They are our enemies, all of them. But she was wrong about Rush Retriever. He was not an enemy, but a friend of the birds. A doctor dog whose heart was full of kindness. He had decided to devote his life to helping and saving birds and had come to Marshland to build and open his own hospital. None of the birds of Marshland knew this, of course, And like Mrs. Duck, they were afraid of him. So when Dr. Retriever went into the forest to get lumber, they squawked loud and long. But Dr. Retriever kept on working day after day, patiently and quietly building his hospital. Not once did he growl or bark back at the birds, though they screamed at him all day long. Finally, his work was finished, And there, beside the lake, stood the Audubon Mercy Hospital, which he had built with his own teeth and paws. Over the front door he hung a red cross flag, a sign to all the birds that he was not their enemy, but their friend, and had come to Marshland not to harm, but to help them. A few days later, the dreaded hunting season opened, Hunters began shooting their guns, and the birds scattered in all directions. Then it was that Dr. Retriever's real work began. From dawn till dark, he dashed here and there in search of wounded birds. Sometimes he would swim far out into the lake to rescue one with a broken wing. Gently, he would take the wounded bird into his mouth and swim back to shore. Then he would rush the bird to his hospital and there nurse it back to health. Quite a few birds, instead of flying away once their wounds were healed, asked Dr. Retriever to allow them to stay and work as nurses or attendants. 
Others gratefully offered to gather lumber, leaves, and grass, and build other rooms for his sick and wounded birds. Soon, many more birds were coming in, no longer afraid of Dr. Retriever. Before long, the Ottoman Mercy Hospital was the largest and most important building in all of Marshland. Then one day, Mr. Pheasant, the mayor of Marshland, and Mr. Bob White, the secretary of the council, put their heads together and hatched up a wonderful idea. You know, said Mr. Pheasant, I owe my life to Dr. Retriever. Both of my wings were broken when he rescued me from the lake last year. I owe him just as much as you do, said Mr. Bob White. Two years ago, he removed a shot from my chest that had almost reached my heart. I still have the scar, he added, pulling his feathers aside to show it. The next day, Mr. Bob White presented to the Marshland Council the idea he and Mr. Pheasant had hatched up, which was to have a special day to honor Dr. Retriever and his long service to the bird community. As to a suitable gift, Mr. Tappy Woodpecker, who was the leading architect in Marshland and who had built himself a most unusual home in Oak Acres, came up with the best suggestion. He reminded the council that Dr. Retriever had never taken time to build himself a house, but had always slept in a little room in the basement of his hospital. I suggest said Mr. Woodpecker, that the birds of Marshland build him a home of his own. How about a nice brown dingalo? I will gladly draw up the plans free of charge. When Mr. Pheasant called for a vote, every bird on the council held up a wing in favor of Mr. Woodpecker's plan and all promised to help with building the dingalo. The very next day, Mr. Woodpecker, after searching through the forest, found a big hollow oak tree with an opening near the bottom. This is just what we want, he said, and not more than a mile from the hospital. With the help of Mr. Yellowhammer, Mr. Woodpecker soon finished measuring the tree and marking where he wanted the door and windows to be cut. Then, turning to the birds who were waiting to help, Mr. Woodpecker ordered the materials that would be needed and assigned various tasks to different birds, and away they flew into the forest, singing happily as they worked. In the meantime, Mr. Woodpecker and Mr. Yellowhammer were busy cutting four little round windows in the trunk of the tree just above the door. They had hardly finished when four birds arrived, each with a piece of bark exactly the size and shape of the little windows. The pieces of bark were for shutters, so Dr. Retriever could have the windows open or closed for as much or as little fresh air as he wanted, thus giving him the first and only air-conditioned house in Marshland. Before long, two more birds flew back carrying between them a door which they had woven together from pieces of bark to match the shutters on the windows. The door, of course, was the same size and shape as the hole at the bottom of the tree. Mrs. Bob White and Mrs. Whippoorwill were put in charge of building Dr. Retriever's bed. This, they agreed, should be simply a big nest a little larger than the famous doctor, four feet long and two feet wide. It must be strong, said Mrs. Whippoorwill, 
as she wrapped ivy vines around the large sticks in the bottom to make it firm. But also soft and comfortable, said Mrs. Bob White, as she lined the upper part with grass. Last of all, they added bits of string, cotton, and soft feathers. When the bed was finished, it was the largest and most unusual nest ever seen in marshland. For a bed cover, Mr. Harry Duck found a red wool blanket left in a hunter's lodge beside the lake. He and his three sons, lying side by side in perfect formation and holding it in their claws, brought it all the way from the lodge to Dr. Retriever's new house in the woods. Dr. Retriever was to have a bed outside, too. A swinging hammock fastened to two oak trees in the front yard of his house. This hammock had been made by Mrs. Goose, Mrs. Crane, and Mrs. Swan from a quilt left in the same hunter's lodge in which Mr. Duck had found the red blanket. On the morning after all the work was finished, the Marshland Chatterbox published a special edition. The front page headline read, Dr. Retriever Day. Under the headline was a story about Dr. Retriever and all the wonderful things he had done since he came to Marshland. The big event of the day was a luncheon in honor of Dr. Retriever at the Ritzy Birdsy Plaza Hotel. Of course, all the birds had a seafood plate, but Dr. Retriever was given a sirloin steak three inches thick. The main speech was made by the mayor, who praised Dr. Retriever so much that he found it hard to keep from wagging his tail under his chair. During the years he's been with us, said Mr. Pheasant, over 1,000 wounded birds have been rescued from the marsh and nursed back to health in the Alderman Hospital. Then, turning to Dr. Retriever, who was seated to his right, he handed him a big key. It means, dear doctor, that every nest in marshland is open to you. This is the key to our hearts. To us, you are the greatest because you gave the most. There was fun and laughter at the luncheon, too. For example, Mr. Harry Duck sang a funny little song which began, He's no quack in my almanac. Then came the big surprise. Dr. Retriever was invited to climb aboard the magic carpet, which was nothing but the hammock that, for the time being, had been loose from the two trees in the front yard of his new house and was now held in the claws of four whooping cranes. Once Dr. Retriever was aboard, the four cranes lifted him high into the air, and away they flew, like a four-motored airplane, followed by all the birds of marshland, as happy as larks, heading straight toward Dr. Retriever's house. A few minutes later, in a landing as smooth as you could ever hope to see, the crane set him down in front of his new home. And there, just over the door, he read with his own eyes, which by this time were moist with tears of gratitude, the words, Mr. Tappy Woodpecker and Mr. Yellowhammer had neatly carved out with their bills. 
You set our bones and cured our fever. So here's your home, dear Dr. Retriever. Dear God, we remember you only had one son, and he became a missionary. You sent him from heaven to earth to be a savior, friend, and helper to all. And we thank you for how much better and brighter the world is because he came. But still, there are men and women and boys and girls who are weak, crippled, or sick. We pray for all kind and gifted people, such as doctors and nurses, who care for them and do their best to help them to become strong and well again. We thank you for our own strong bodies and minds and pray that we may always be thoughtful and helpful to those who do not have good health that you have given to us. May we make their burdens lighter and their days brighter. Amen. I do hope you will want to join me again for more Secrets from Field and Forest by John Calvin Reed next time in Aunt Blanche's Story Corner. <music>